uh, this, this is the first week of that series and uh, we're really talking about what the church is, the concept of the church. Uh, because I think as we re-emerge from lockdown, we really want to make sure that we're aligned, we're united, we're on the same page, uh, we're theologically clued up and we're ready to go um, because God is doing a new thing. And so the title of my message today, if you want to write this down, it is this, is that the future is exclusive. The future is exclusive. Now, I realize that might sound like a bit of a, a, bit of a strange thing. So I'm just going to pull into some scripture right now from a passage that Jesus um, uh, says. Uh, and this is what he says in John 15 to his disciples, uh, verse 1 to 8. It says, I am the true vine and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. You're already clean because of the word I've spoken to you. Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. Verse five says, I am the vine, you are the branches. If you re remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. There it is again. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. You know, in my uh, teenage years, I joined a fencing club. Yeah, that's right. Not the back garden sort of making fences, but sword fighting vibes. And uh, I remember rocking up and uh, never done it before. Didn't really know what to expect and uh, just had an amazing experience. Like they had a whole process for onboarding new people, lessons, they lend you equipment, and so you could become integrated, learn uh, how, to, how to do this sport, and um, it was awesome. But you know what I, I love about that is, is, you know, when you think of sports clubs, you know, you kind of know what you're gonna get. Like, you're rocking up at a fencing club, like, you're gonna learn how to do some sword fighting. You, you're rocking up at the golf club, you're kind of thinking, don't bring your chess set. You know, like, there's, there's going to be golf. Maybe bring some golf clubs. And, and, and yet it's funny to me that, that, you know, almost for us, how we see the church is we often see the church as this, this, this thing that will meet whatever we want it to be. And so we might rock up and we say, oh, we need a bit more of that. Or I, I like worship like that. Or I think things should be like that. And we start to uh, treat the church like this thing that is going to fulfill our needs. But, but here's what I, I love. Like nobody rocks up at the windsurfing club uh, with a football saying, guys, do you want some football? No, because the windsurfing club knows that it is about windsurfing. And here's what I want to say, because, because the church rightly should be inclusive. It, it should, there should be a process, there should be a desire to welcome new people to it. And, and actually every successful community in all human history has that ability to do that. And that's how it grows, how it spreads, how the message spreads. And we are people in possession of the most important message in all of human history, the good news of Jesus Christ. And, and, and so we absolutely want to do that. But, but I also realize that we need to understand what it is that we are including people in. What is the church? You know, it's all good being inclusive, but, but we need to understand that the, that the church is also exclusive. The future is exclusive. Jesus says, if you abide in me, if you remain in me, you're going to bear much fruit. But, but if you don't, you won't. 
<laughs> Jesus is making a clear separation between what it looks like to live a life embedded in the body of Christ because the church is the living, breathing presence of Jesus Christ in the earth today. And we are here to fulfill the mission of Jesus. And we might have ideas about what the church should be. You know, we might want the church to be more political. We might want the church to, to, to help these people. But, but the church is not a political party. The church is not a self-help group. The church is not just a social club. The church is on a mission, the living, breathing person of Jesus Christ, His presence in the earth. This is what it says in, in 2 Corinthians 5 verse 20. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ. God making His appeal through as we employ you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. You know, I love this because I think for Em and I, as pastors of this congregation, you know, we don't see ourselves as, as the, 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 the founders of this church. We're not the people who make the rules and the values and the vision. We're actually just trying to communicate what we feel like God is saying. We're just trying to listen to what the founder of this startup called the church, Jesus Christ, is actually trying to do because it's His body, it's His mission, it's His kingdom. And this is what it says in Luke 4, verse 18 to 19. And Jesus is reading this passage of, of Scripture from, from the Old Testament in the synagogue as He starts His ministry and He says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He is a anointed me. You know, we could turn those words and, and frame them for us because we're continuing His mission. We could say the Spirit of the Lord is upon us because He has anointed us and to proclaim good news to the poor. He sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind and set at liberty those who are oppressed to proclaim the year of the Lord's favour. You know, we are in possession of the greatest news that this is the year of the Lord's favour, that Jesus has defeated the devil, that sin has been overcome, that there is freedom if we just turn to Jesus, if we repent from our sins and we come to Him, we're going to find that we're going to live in a whole new fullness of life, that there is hope. And I want to speak that over you right now. Maybe you are facing things in your mind, you're facing things in your environment and you feel stuck, you feel hopeless. Maybe over this whole period of lockdown, you've just found that you're thinking and, and there's been a weight that has just spiraled you into a dark place. Can I just let you know right now that, that the Holy Spirit is here. The mission of Jesus is to bring freedom into your world. And you can receive that right now, right here today in the name of Jesus. You see, the, the mission of the church is the mission of Jesus. So I don't get to set what the mission is. I don't get to decide. I'm just looking to what Jesus is saying. And I, my prayer for us as a community is that as we head into this new season, that we would head into this new season with a new alignment, with a new sense of, I understand what this thing is about, a new sense of holiness, a new sense of awe about what God has entrusted to us, that we wouldn't be casual about the church saying, oh, it's kind of cool and kind of rock up. But we would understand that even in its imperfection, that the church is the body of Jesus Christ, the living, breathing presence of Jesus, fulfilling the mission of God here on planet Earth. That's a big, that's a big deal. <laughs> it's a big deal. Let me read you something that makes it really a big deal. Romans 11, verse 17 to 22. And Paul says, But if some of the branches were broken off, and you, although a wild olive shoot, were grafted in among the others, now share in the nourishing root of the olive tree, do not be arrogant towards the branches. It's talking about the Jews and the Gentiles, the, the, the Jews at that time who had disbelieved in, in Jesus the Christ, and that the Gentiles had been added in and been able to be a part of that, that branch, the root of Jesus Christ. 
And it says, do not be arrogant towards the branches. If you are a member, it is not you who support the root, but the root that supports you. Hello. <laughs> then you will say branches were broken off that I might be grafted in. That is true. They were broken off because of their unbelief, but you stand fast through faith. So do not become proud, but fear. For if God did not spare the natural branches, neither will he spare you. Note then the kindness and the severity of God, severity towards those who've fallen, but God's kindness towards you, provided you continue in his kindness. Otherwise, you too will be cut off. Church, the future is exclusive. The heart of God is for every single human being. And our heart is for every single human being to experience Jesus Christ and to live in his spiritual community, to live as connected to that root, to be in that life-giving, nourishing, healing, a powerful relationship with Jesus. But you know what? We've got to make a decision to be in. We've got to make a decision not to dilly-dally, not to faff around, but to actually go, you know what, God? I want to make sure that as we enter into this new season, I want to be in. I want to be part of the future. I don't want to be on the, on the back seat. I don't want to be on the sidelines. I want to be a part of your church. And that's a decision I can't make for you, but my heart and my encouragement to you is, I love how God says, uh, Jesus says there, He says, if you abide in me, you'll be fruitful. And this is the heart of God towards you. This is God's heart to see you succeed. God's heart to see you flourish on every level of success, every level of human flourishing from the inside out in your soul, in your mind. God's heart for you is that you would be blessed and it happens in the church. The future is exclusive. Well, I want to just pick out a, a few things, maybe just three things here, characteristics or defining traits of somebody who is actually part of the church. And uh, this, this is the first one. The first one is that they're planted in the house. They're planted in the house. John 15 verse 5 says, I'm the vine, you're the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you'll bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. And so, um, you know, I love that kind of picture there of the vine and the branches. Because here's the thing, you know, if we're all branches, because we're all in the vine, we're all together. <laughs> you, you can't separate that. You, you, it's an oxymoron to be a Christian who isn't embedded in a church in the church. It just doesn't work. If you're in Christ, you're connected to people, you're connected to spiritual community. And if you're not connected to spiritual community, you have to question how in Christ you actually are because they're all in the same place here. And uh, you know, the thing about the church is it's so imperfect. It's, it's God's design and God's design is perfect. God's vision for what the church is becoming is perfect. But we are in this kind of awkward, sometimes slightly ugly middle part that we are trying to figure out. How do we, how do we live in this way that God is calling us to? And how do we grow to become the people that God is calling us to be? And you might be here thinking, well, the church, well, the church, and, and, what you can see is the imperfection of the church. And trust me, I can see it too. <laughs> the, the ugliness of the church, the, the, the parts of the church that have let you down, the parts of people that have, that have failed you. And I just want to encourage you today because I get it. I, I, I get it. There's, there's so much imperfection in our world and there's so much imperfection in the church, but don't let that stop you from pulling away from God's design and original vision for what the church should be. You know what blows me away is that Jesus seems totally I'm okay with the fact that church is so messy. 
It's like he's got this amazing plan for the world that he's working through the church, and yet he still seems totally okay with the fact that we keep messing this thing up, that we're so imperfectly trying to work this thing through. You know, uh, we've got to make that decision to be planted in the house of God. And it is a decision. It's a decision to make. And as roots go down, that can take time. And, you know, relationships grow. Like for us, Em and I, we've been uh, friends with and doing ministry with Aidan and Anna, who's sisters and pastoring here for like 14 years. And uh, the majority of those years, we've, we've been building church in the same locality. And uh, that's 14 years of, of embedded relationships, of roots going down in community. And that that means something. That doesn't just happen just like that. And so the decision doesn't mean we're instantly connected in community, but, but that, what that decision does is it means that our roots can go down. And as we begin to be planted in spiritual community, planted in one another, planted with accountability, with wisdom, with friendship, we're going to find that there is going to be a fruitfulness attached to being planted. And further on in John 15, Jesus says in verse 12, this is my commandment that you love one another as I have loved you. This whole thing and this this whole passage on love and talking about how, you know, remaining in Christ is going to uh, cause us to love one another. It's going to create something really quite special. And, and King David from the Old Testament says in Psalm 27, verse 4, one thing I've asked of the Lord that I will seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. You know, I just love the heart of David there to just be in the house, to dwell, to abide, to remain. Can I encourage you? Make the decision to be planted. And look, you know, we're biased. We're pastoring this church. Um, we think this is awesome. But you know what? If it's not here, go be planted somewhere else. But don't use, don't, don't, don't let time pass. Don't let this be an excuse not to get somewhere. I'm just keeping my options over. I'm just, no, 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 none of that. Give, give you a couple of months. That's all you got. And then make the decision to be planted in the house of God. The enemy wants to stop you from being planted because when you plant, you flourish. When you, when you put your roots down, that's when fruit comes. You have to get planted in the house of God. And the second thing, second characteristic of someone who is in the church, part of the church is intimacy with Jesus Christ. Intimacy with Jesus Christ. In verse seven, it says, if you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. Um, I love that. I don't know if you've ever been at someone's house um, that you didn't really know that well. And uh, or it's like, you know, you're not really supposed to be, you've popped in for some reason, or it's kind of like slightly awkward moment. You don't really know the person, but you're there, but you like really need the loo. Um, or you're really thirsty, but you just don't feel like you can ask because you don't have that sort of relationship yet. You, you don't know each other well enough. And so you just sit there suffering in silence, just thinking, this is just going to be too awkward. Maybe this is a profoundly British sort of characteristic. I think it might be, but but but, but that's kind of what the scripture is saying. He's saying, look, 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 when you know Jesus, on, a, on like, a, like a, a level, a deeper level. And deep, not just serious, but deep like humorous, deep like genuine, deep like open, deep like honest. Like I can say things and I know you're not gonna judge me for saying them. I, I can speak my mind without feeling, uh, you know, like, like you, you're gonna be on my back. Like I know you're gonna get what I'm saying and what I'm going through. When, when we experience relationship on that level, that level of intimacy, what, what Jesus is saying here is that you're gonna be comfortable asking. 
And when you ask, it's gonna be done and it's gonna, it's gonna cause you to be a lot more fruitful than you are with asking. And so he's saying, hey, come to a deeper level of intimacy with me. We need intimacy with Jesus Christ. And, and here's the thing about intimacy is we can look at people who've got these super holy relationships, you know, and you know, they're like, oh, the word of the Lord came to me in the night and, and I had this dream. And, and we can, sometimes we can feel a bit of distance from those sort of personalities. And I, and I totally understand why. But what we don't want to let that do to us is stop us from cultivating and creating a discipline, a rhythm in our life where, where we are creating space for intimacy. Because here's, here's the reality. Intimacy is just about time. The more time you spend with Jesus, the less awkward it gets. The more time with Jesus, the more vulnerable you're able to get. The more time you're with Jesus, the more likely you are to hear what he's saying and sense what he's telling you. And so for me, having a discipline is so important. Can I just challenge you today? If you would maybe feel like, I don't know if I could describe my relationship with God as intimate. Can I challenge you to create a discipline in your life? What, what does your rhythm look like? You know, for M and I, um, you know, our mornings are pretty chaotic. We've got four kids. It's busy getting everyone to school. And um, I'll be there afterwards. Em will take the kids to school and, and I'll be in the kitchen sorting out you know, dishwasher, all that sort of jazz. I'll put on a podcast, something like that. Christian, not Christian, just stuff just to get the day started. And then, and then I'll come upstairs and I'll start work. And the first thing I will do on the weekdays is I just open my Bible and um, I just try and think about the scripture, think about what it's saying, and I try and pray. And, you know, sometimes that can be a glorious experience. <laughs> you know, sometimes I'm like, this is amazing. The presence of God is there. I got like the guitar out. It's, it's like everything's happening. And uh, I just feel so encouraged by the end of it and like lifted and ready to smash the day. And, and other days it's like, there's, there's not much. It's like I'm trying. Like sometimes you just wake up on the wrong side of bed, right? And you just don't feel that inspired. You don't feel that close. But, but, but you know what? It's not about that. It's about creating a discipline. And, and what I found is I never know when those moments are going to come. I never know when is a good day and when is a bad day. If I didn't have a rhythm, if I didn't have a habit, I wouldn't experience the level of intimacy that I do with Jesus. And I want to encourage you and I want to challenge you. If we're going to be people who abide in Christ, we've got to get deeper in our relationship and we have got to prioritize this thing. I've been trying to exercise for so long. Like I'm just like the exercise fad. I'm just like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to start running. I'm going to start swimming. And just every single time. And, and this year, just a couple of things happened to me that made me really think about fitness. And uh, I think I like tweaked my back really badly for a couple of weeks. And I was like, oh my gosh, I must be getting like old. And it just like freaked me out in a really good way. And ever since then, there's just been this urgency for me in this, in this rhythm that I have now created around exercise. It's still a work in progress, but I, I've got to say that it was just a question of priorities. It wasn't a question of whether I could do it. I tried, I liked the idea of it, but I never actually did it. And church, I wanna encourage you, make sure that you prioritize your relationship with God. God wants you to be fruitful, but he also wants you to know him. He wants you to be close to him and he is drawing you and he's not judging you. He's not saying, hey, where are you being? He's, he's ready and he's waiting to take your relationship with him to the next level. Jeremiah 29 verse 13 says this, says, you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. I love that. In other words, God is saying, if you really do look for me, 
you're going to find me. If, you, if, you, if you're willing to do what it takes, you can do it. But it's so important because if we want to be people, part of the church of Jesus Christ, we've got to make sure we've got a proper relationship with God. And the third thing is simply this third characteristic that defines someone who's part of the church is that they are changing for the better. They're changing for the better. Um, in verse two, it says, he cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. Ouch. While every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes. Ouch. <laughs> so that it will be even more fruitful. Uh, what I love about this is there's absolutely no scenario where you're not changing. Either you're, you're being cut off, God forbid, which by the way, you know, like sin causes death. So, so when we're not dealing with or not repentant of stuff happening in our world, this is just the natural outcome of sin because sin starts to infect the whole branch. God cannot allow the sin to get into the, the rest of the church, the rest of the, the world, to, into heaven, into the eternity. And so that is the, the end result is separation. The wages of sin is death. But hopefully it's an opportunity for every single one of us to, to uh, respond to the grace and goodness of God and be restored, grafted back in. And so that's 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 what sin does. But but so so that's that's one scenario where we're changing. The, uh, the other scenario is that things are going really well. We've been faithful. We're honoring God. We've been obedient. We're serving. We're giving. We're, we're exuding all of this great stuff, and we're taking responsibility in the workplace, and we're becoming a better human being. And then guess what? It's like God. Where does this come from? Where where is why why am I being pruned? <laughs> I, everything was going really well. I thought everything was good, and God's like, yeah, it's great. It's going really well. That's why I'm pruning you so that you can be even more fruitful. There's there's no situation in life where we are not changing. It's just that God's heart is that you would become even more. That you would become even more. <laughs> Fruitful. And, and you know, sometimes there are things in our world that God is going to address to open up our future, whether that's our overattachment to certain things. It could be a position, a job title, a person, um, you know, a habit, a something in our life that, that, uh, that God needs to address. It could be something in our character that God is trying to work on so that He can open up our future because He can't take us forward into the things that He has, has for us without working on those things. He wants us to become um, more fruitful. And, and gosh, maybe some of you today are, have experience that. Maybe you are experiencing that right now and you feel like, God, it just feels like this stuff has come out of nowhere and stuff that just feels dark and heavy and difficult that, that maybe isn't from God necessarily, but God has allowed to come through in the circumstance of life. life. God has not prevented it from coming away. Why? Because He's pruning you because He wants you to be more fruitful. We, we got to be people who are changing for the better. And, and that's why, uh, you know, James 1 verse 2 to 4 says, count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds, for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. And let steadfastness have its full effect, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. And, um, you know, this is the heart of God towards you. Gosh, can I just encourage you? I just sense right now that there's some people going through some things and um, it's, it's really tough. Like life is tough. And I, I just see some of you questions whether you're on the right path. Some of you question whether you're in God's will. Some of you question whether God is for you. Can I just remind you that, that those who are fruitful, God prunes. 
some of you are walking through some stuff and you just need that vision. Because here's, here's the thing about when we have an intimate relationship with Jesus is that in the hard times, we can go to him and we can ask and we can draw near and we can get strength. And I just see right now this strength, this strength coming your way, this strength for you to tap into. If you can just create some, some space for God, there's strength. He's gonna get you through. You know, stuff that would have broken other people is not gonna break you. Your future is secure. God is making a way and God will come through. There's a miracle for you and uh, He is faithful to complete the good work that He's began in you. He's, he's gonna bring it into completion in the name of Jesus. Amen. Well, guys, I'd love to just pray for us just in these closing moments of this message. Um, you know, I realize we've covered a lot of ground today and uh, my prayer is that that you will have just been convicted in your heart and thinking, I want to be in. I don't want to be a lukewarm Christian anymore. I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to, maybe some of you are so fresh into this thing, just thinking, what do I do? And you're just thinking, I, I don't want to, I don't want to be a cultural Christian. I don't want to be someone who just is Christian or a cross in my bio or around my neck. I want to be someone who lives for Jesus. And I remember for me, those those first few months of being in a in a in a living, breathing church that that for me, I'd grown up with relationship with Jesus and understanding of God and the Bible, but but no concept of of what the church was. And that was a game changer for me. And I just remember thinking, I, I don't want to do anything else. I, I don't want to, I don't want to be half in anymore. I don't want to just have this as an added extra. I want to be planted in the house of God. And the wonderful thing about God is He's so gracious towards us that wherever we are today, maybe some of you just have been uh, on the fence. <laughs> maybe some of you have just been struck by the imperfection and you've just find yourself becoming dislodged, uprooted somewhat. Today's your day just to make that decision. You know what, I'm gonna, I'm gonna plug back in. And uh, it's been a strange season with online, but, but you know what, this is a decision that's gonna carry f f through into the years to come. It's a decision to be connected to God, be connected to the church of Jesus Christ. Maybe there's some things you need to say sorry for. Maybe there's some things you need to repent from, for, for not being vulnerable, for not being open to God, for, for, for ignoring what God was saying. For, for running away a little bit, for, for just pulling back. Maybe there's just some things you just need to repent from and just say, I'm coming back. Can I just let you know today that God the Father is here for you and His heart is towards you right now, wherever you have been, whatever you have done, whatever mistakes you have made, there is a space for you. The church is exclusive, but it's also inclusive. It's open to you and God desperately wants you to be a part of His purpose and His plan. He wants to bless you with fruitfulness. There's so much goodness in your future. That's a word for someone today. Someone just feels dark about the future. Can I just tell you there's goodness in your future? Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. Hey, if that's just you today, I wanna to just pray for us right now. So God, we thank you so much to every person here. And we thank you for this message, God. We just open our hearts to it. And we pray right now, God, of every person who feels like they've been withdrawn, disconnected, just lost that spark, lost that sense of connection, lost that sense of community. Oh God, we thank you right now for, for healing to enter into every heart. And we pray, God, we make the decision together as a community. We wanna be all in. 
We don't want to live on the outskirts. We want to be right in the center of your will. We want to live according to your design. And we submit our lives to you right now in the name of Jesus. And I pray a blessing over every person. Let great fruitfulness come. Fruitfulness in relationships. Fruitfulness in the mind. Fruitfulness in the soul, we pray. Jesus, let this church be a church full of people who are flourishing on the inside and the outside. Flourishing in every way possible that people would look in and say, I need to be a part of this community. I need to be a part of this church because I can see that there is something in here that I do not have. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, gosh, maybe you've made that decision to follow Jesus again. Maybe you've been away from God or maybe you've just simply, uh, this is your first time hearing any of this. This is fresh intel for you. Hey, I'd love to encourage you to head to our website, c3reflect.church slash Jesus and uh, just tell you a little bit more information. And also, just so we can reach out, uh, you can give us your details and we'd love to just be helping you, praying with you in this journey. That's what the church is for. I hope you've enjoyed this message today. I hope it's blessed you. Thanks so much for tuning in and we will see you very soon.